I'm the founder of the primitive Methodists or the Bible Christians, I can't remember, uh, when he was first asked to preach in a cottage somewhere, uh, he was so uh, awed about the task of having to stand and represent God before people uh, that he basically thought no one's going to turn up. And then he found a cottage full of people. And when he started to stand up before the people and preached, he had to cover his eyes with his hand and just through the slits look at his Bible because he didn't want to see the face, uh, faces of the people because he felt so unworthy uh, to be the bringer of God's message. And in that meeting, the spirit moved and a number of people were saved. And I feel very much like he felt this morning. And my prayer is, in my weakness, in my faltering words, the Holy Spirit will just move. And if one person is saved, praise God. And if we are built up as his people, then we can bless God. Now, we are looking at the Gospel of Mark, and our emphasis is the Gospel in the Gospel of Mark, the good news of salvation. And we left Jesus and his disciples having healed a boy that was demonic. And now Jesus is taking his disciples on the Via Dolorosa, as it were, the road of suffering to Jerusalem. And there's a change of emphasis now in this gospel. Uh, there are fewer miracles. Uh, there is more teaching. Jesus is teaching his close disciples about what's going to happen in Jerusalem. His death on the cross, his resurrection. And there's more privacy as a result for Jesus and his disciples. Less public meetings. And it's in this regard that the verses we're going to look at this morning, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16... We need to understand when the people, not just mothers, but fathers as well, are bringing their little children, so children who can walk, uh, infants in the mother's arms, they're bringing them to the Lord Jesus uh, to be blessed by him. I, f I find this quite amazing. Uh, in Jesus' day, uh, other religions... Uh, didn't like children. Uh, they thought that children, especially girls, uh, were not important. Judaism, on the other hand, put children uh, on a much higher level. And people would love to bring their children to be blessed by the rabbis. And Christianity uh, has a high place for children, right? Uh, I know the Victorians used to think children should be seen and not heard, but that's not Christianity. My, my point this morning is this. I've got two points, and my first point is this. Jesus loves children. Jesus loves little ones. And we must understand uh, that because Jesus needed privacy uh, with his disciples, 
they are overprotecting him. And so when these parents are bringing their little ones, what do we find Jesus' disciples doing? They rebuked those who brought them. And Jesus is incensed. That's what the word says. He was greatly displeased. And that means he was angered, the same kind of anger that caused him to drive the money changers from the temple a little later on. He, he was indignant that his disciples were forbidding children from coming to him. And I just want to present a saviour this morning who loves to have children come to him. I know most of our children, uh, younger ones, are in Sunday school. But those of you who are fairly young, you don't have to wait to get to a certain age before you can come to Jesus Christ. Jesus loves to save people when they're young. Um, we were talking in the vestry before the service, and I was asking the elders if they knew of any famous Christians who were converted as children. And um, I think the Countess of Huntingdon, an 18th century rich lady who really helped the evangelists in the 18th century take the gospel out, I think she was converted as a little girl. Uh, one of our elders, talking about famous people, Richard Acrell. Uh, I think, Richard, you were converted as a boy. And Richard uh, was going to a school uh, to take this gospel message. And uh, one of uh, our children uh, afterwards said to uh, his mum, I didn't realise uh, that I can believe in Jesus Christ as a nine-year-old. I don't have to wait till I'm older. So, however young we may be this morning, my saviour, our saviour as a church, he wants you to come to him as a child. Um, a famous theologian, Irenaeus, this is what he says about Jesus Christ. Now think of the contrast between the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, and the way they repelled children. And Jesus Christ, the perfect human being, the Son of God, the Son of Man, 100% God, 100% human, one person. Think of this. He came to save all people by means of himself, who through him are born again to God. Infants and children and boys and girls. He passed through, think about this, Jesus passed through every age, becoming an infant for infants, a child for children, a youth for youths. Isn't that mind-boggling that the eternal Son of God was a baby, a God contracted to a span. What's the size of a span? Is that a span? The eternal God, that big. Oh, and growing up as a child, uh, running around the streets of Nazareth, uh, that boy is the Son of God. And can you imagine Jesus Christ as a teenager? A teenager 
Uh, I know teenagers, I was once a teenager, believe it or not. Uh, Teenagers are are so grumpy, aren't they? they? They don't speak to adults apart from a few grunts. Jesus Christ was the perfect teenager. Jesus Christ understood the angst of being a teen. And of course, he grew up. And those of us who are grown-ups, Jesus Christ has been through all the experiences we have to go through. Uh, He suffered. He uh, was tempted. Uh, Whatever you think your state is, Jesus Christ has been through it. And he went through it much more than we ever have. He's not just a friend for little children who empathizes with them. He's a friend for big children, adults as well. So, my saviour, our saviour, loves children. Do you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes parents apologise to me if their child is too noisy in the service. But I tell them, it doesn't matter. You know, what's the sign of a living church? It's not a stony silence. It's the cry of a child. I'll regret saying this now. (laughs) It's the heckling of a teenager. Didn't maybe some of you teens still do this, but we used to have teenagers in this church. Where did they sit? A row of them sat somewhere in the gallery, and they'd be throwing things at people. I'm not saying you are to do that, right? But isn't that a sign of life. Jesus loves children. If you're young, don't let that stop you from coming to Jesus right now. Spurgeon said, and he knew what he was talking about, that most of the conversions he had experienced, those that still kept going with the Lord, were saved when they were children. And they didn't have a Damascus Road spectacular experience. They just believed in the gospel they'd heard from uh, their uh, parents and they just followed Jesus Christ. The friend I came to know the Lord through, he didn't have, in a way, a testimony to tell because he'd always known the gospel and he couldn't pin down a date when he believed in Jesus Christ. He simply knew that he was once blind to these things, but now he saw it and he was following Jesus. He's still going on with the Lord. And many people who had spectacular conversions later on in life, they are nowhere. So what I'm trying to say is this. If you're a child, and if you've known this gospel, and you still can't say when you are saved, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, you know, if you've got this idea that you have to be of a certain age before you can understand the gospel. I want to say that's nonsense. This gospel is so simple that a child can understand it, so profound that a professor can't understand it because it's a miracle. It's a miracle that causes anybody to see the gospel. So whether you're a child or an adult, it takes the spirits to open our eyes to see it. Uh, My children's talk, uh, the book without words, the missionary book, 
I read of a girl who was converted when she received one of these. Just a little girl. And I don't know if those of you who are older know this children's chorus. This is what she was saying. This was her experience. Once my heart was black with sin until the Saviour came. His precious blood, I know, washed it whiter than the snow. And in this world, I'm told, I'll walk one day the streets of gold. Oh, wonderful, wonderful day. He washed my sins away. A saviour who loves to have children come to him. Come to him. If you've got children who are not saved, what do you do with them? The same as these people did. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them in prayer to Jesus. May we be a church that loves children. Um, D.L. Moody, the famous 19th century evangelist, he was preaching somewhere and he was asked afterwards, what was the response? And he said, two and a half people were saved. Two and a half people were saved. And the person who asked said, ah, that means two adults and a child. Oh no, oh no, said Moody. One adult and two children. The half is the adult because he's only got half his life left to give to Jesus. The two are the children because they've got their whole lives. I wasn't saved till I was 20. Oh, if you're saved as a child, you've got the rest of your life to give to the Saviour. My second point and this is more pertinent for all of us. What did Jesus say? He didn't just say, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God reigns. The kingdom of God is when we believe in Jesus, we bow the knee to him and he reigns in our hearts. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is heaven where God reigns supreme. And what Jesus is saying is this, not only are there going to be children in heaven, but he goes on to say this, and this is my second point. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Did you get that? What he's saying is this, if you don't become as a little child spiritually, you don't get into heaven. Now that's an astounding statement, isn't it? that unless we become as little children, heaven's gate is shut to us. Now, all I want to ask is, what does it mean to become like little children? What does it mean? Let me say what it doesn't mean. <laughs> it doesn't mean we become childish. I heard once of a, an extreme case of this, in America, obviously, where people, they became like children. Without going into details, they dressed up like children. They acted like children. That's how this verse was taken out of its context. Oh, no, we are not to be childish. Neither does it mean that if we're good enough, if we're innocent, we are going to go to heaven. The Bible never teaches that little children are little angels. 
when we were in India, the children's choir was called the Little Angels. If you're a parent, you don't have to be parenting for long to know that a child isn't an angel. There's original sin. You don't have to teach a child to misbehave, do you? So it doesn't mean we have to be innocent. And it doesn't mean that it's by being humble we become like children. You know, children are not humble, are they? I can think back to my own childhood days. I was so competitive. Uh, what was that song we used to sing as children? Do we still say this these days? Is it politically incorrect? I am the king of the castle. Do you remember singing that in the playground? I am the king of the castle and you are the dirty rascal. <laughs> so, so it doesn't mean we become childish. It doesn't mean we become innocent. It doesn't mean we become humble. That's not what childlikeness is. What is it then? Well, think of the children coming here. Think especially of the babes in arms. What's the one characteristic of a baby? Isn't it utter dependence on its parents? A, a baby can't feed itself. A baby can't clothe himself. It needs its mother to change it, to wash it, to look after it. It is utterly, utterly dependent on his parents. Listen, my friend, if you are to be saved, you've got to depend on Jesus Christ completely. Uh, there's a hymn, a very famous gospel hymn, and it puts it brilliantly. Think of a child now, and this is what we've got to be if we are to go into heaven. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. I'm depending absolutely on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Naked in and of myself come to thee for dress. Not just my unrighteousness, but even my righteousness is filthy. My uh, sin needs to be taken away, but my morality, my religiosity... That also needs to be stripped away and I need to come naked to Jesus Christ. And then listen to this, helpless, look to thee for grace. We're utterly helpless without him. And there was a discussion once in a Bible college. I think it was Columbia Seminary in the 19th century. And the discussion was, what would you be if you weren't a Christian? What would you be? Oh, this young person was thinking, oh, I'd, I'd be a Hindu or a Buddhist. And one of the professors got really upset. He got really upset. And he said, if you were not a Christian, you'd be lost. You'd be lost. Helpless. Helpless. Do you know why the prayer meeting is the most important meeting in the church? It says we're helpless unless God works. Helpless. We've heard the story, haven't we, of the American evangelicals inviting some Chinese Christians over and showing them around their mega churches. Have you been to American mega churches? 
They've got multi-storey car parks. Think of that if we had a multi-storey car park. They've got a gym. They've got not just their own schools. They've even got McDonald's, some of them. McDonald's. A McFellowship meal. And they asked these Chinese Christians, what do you think of our Christianity? What do you think of our Christianity? Do you know what they said? Oh, we're amazed at how much you can do without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit. We are helpless. What else is true of a child? Do you get this happening to you when you're out shopping? You'll have it. I was sitting in the McDonald's in Fort William a few weeks ago. And the next table, a boy about three or four years old was coming up to me and talking, talking to me as, as if he knew me. So trusting. D- don't you get that? Ch- they, they, they just come up to you. My friends, if we're going to be saved, we need to be so trusting. What does a child do up till a certain age, mind? <laughs> don't they take... Whatever you say is truth. Isn't that what we've got to do? If God says, he that believes on the Son has everlasting life, don't we just have to believe that? But instead of that, don't, don't, don't we try and analyze ourselves and try to rest on how we're feeling? But God says, he that believes on the Son has everlasting life. I'm going to be a child. I'm going to take him at his word. Can you do that? Trusting. Trusting. Uh, Spurgeon, very famous, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's worth saying. Doing a children's talk, loads of kids, respectable church kids, ragamuffins, street kids from South London. He took a gold watch, uh, probably out of his wrist pocket, and said, I'm going to offer this gold watch to Whoever will have it. Whoever will have it. Many of the respectable kids thought he can't mean what he's saying. And as they were analysing themselves, one ragamuffin just extended his hand and took it. And it was his. Can we do that with this wonderful salvation? You know, in another passage, Jesus says, unless you be converted and become as little children, you will not be saved. And isn't that what's stopping many of you from becoming real Christians? We're just too sophisticated. We're, we're not taking God at his word. That's what it means to be a Christian. Oh, isn't that why God is blessing Christians in other parts of the world who have far little understanding than we do? We, with all of our theology, are too sophisticated. They're simply taking God at his word. Don't you want to be childlike in that way? Isn't often the world and its adult things the complete opposite of what the church should be? You know, what's the world? The world is dog-eat-dog. The world is power struggles. The world is backbiting. The world is sophistication. That's nothing to do with Christianity. Oh, may this church be a place where childlikeness is to be seen.
taking God at his word, taking God at his word. And then, what else? Think of a child before it grows up. The sense of wonder at the world. Have you read the Chronicles of Narnia? You all need to read the seven Chronicles of Narnia. My favorite character is Puddleglum, but I don't think he's the greatest character. I think the greatest character in the Chronicles of Narnia is Lucy, the youngest Pevensey child. Lucy, the moment she went in through the wardrobe and entered the land of Narnia, she never lost that sense of wonder. Wide-eyed wonder is how one person put it. Wide-eyed wonder. It is a thing most wonderful. Almost too wonderful to be. That God's own son should come from heaven and die to save a child like me. Wow. She never lost it. Do you know people who've never lost that? I want to be like that, don't you? Going around the world. You know, when I was converted, a few days or a few weeks after, I was with one of my Christian friends, and we were having a picnic somewhere. We were having a picnic somewhere in Cardigan Bay. And he was saying, look at the work of our Father's hands, showing the wonderful scenery. Wow. And then when we sit in church... Oh, this used to be a bore, but now we're hearing about the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it? I'm trying to think now of the really godly people I've had the privilege of knowing. Um, I've often mentioned John and Mary. They've both gone to walk the streets of cold now. They're in heaven. Do, do you know what was really true of them? Their childlikeness. <laughs> they didn't think, oh, we are really holy. Let's look down upon everybody else. They were so childlike. I can remember going back to their house on a Sunday evening after the evening meeting and still being there at midnight. And these are people well into their 80s. And they were just telling me about God's dealings with them in Jesus Christ. They were just like little children. You know, they used to have the famous preacher, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a very great preacher. He used to stay with them. And this is what they told me. He was like a little child in their midst. Uh, after having uh, the main course in the Sunday lunch, he would be like a little child asking for more gravy. This great preacher. Uh, I was reading the... Uh, was it the autobiography of Eddie Stobart? I think I got it right. Another famous person who was incidentally a Christian. Um, I don't know if he's still alive. And they had Lloyd-Jones. Again, this famous preacher. Stay with them. And Eddie Stobart said to the children, now look, you've got to behave yourselves. You've got this famous preacher. He's going to come and stay with us. And so this is what the book says. The children were quietly stowed away. Uh, watching snooker, I think, on the television. And they had a knock on the door. And who is it? It's Dr. Lloyd-Jones. Saying, please, can I join you? I love snooker. <laughs> Childlikeness. 
aren't we too sophisticated? If you come to Jesus Christ, repent and believe in him, and have the life of Jesus Christ in you, do you know what's happening? You're going to get older in your body. The body's going to get frailer. You'll have wrinkles. You'll have grey hairs. Eventually, the body's going to get weaker and iller. And the body's going to go to the dust from where it came. But your soul, oh, it's going to get younger. The inner man is going to be renewed day by day. And this is the wonderful thing. The best is yet to be. And we're getting ready for it, if you're in Jesus Christ. Oh, may we, in the words of the poets, in our souls, be forever young. Forever young. Not childish, but childlike. Like our great Saviour. Oh, if you haven't come to him, I need to finish. Come to him. Come to him. Don't let age put you off. We're lost without him. He invites us. And in coming, let us strip ourselves of all self and with childlike simplicity accept not a gold watch, but the free gift of salvation which begins here eternal life begins here even in this veil of tears we have moments of glory but it won't blossom until we get to walk the golden streets are you in the kingdom that's all that matters are you a member of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You can be a member of the church on paper and not be a member of the kingdom. Oh, may we all be born again and be in Jesus Christ. For his name's sake. Amen.